invitation via email by Mike Allen. From Giles Milko, gjmilko at va.farley.edu to Miranda Statzler, mastatzler at va.farley.edu Subject, Excellent Piece in the Critic Date, Wednesday, November 5th, 2003, 11, 12, and 3 seconds, 0500 Xmailer, Internet Mail Service 4.4.1545.48 Hello, Miss Statzler. Giles Milko here. Hopefully you remember me from the conversation we had last Thursday at the after-hours faculty party. I have to say I really enjoyed your essay in the newest Fairlay Critic on the subjective nature of fear. I'm very much in agreement with your contention that the most extreme phobia or paranoia, no matter how crippling, can be overcome through the gradual building up of confidence. I must say that aside from being informative, I found your piece also to be quite entertaining, especially the self-deprecating wit you used in describing your efforts through therapy to overcome your fear of spiders. In my head I could hear the mental squeals of horror as Dr. Cheryl placed the tarantula in your hand, then feel the overwhelming burst of triumph as you set the spider gently on the table and realized, I did it, I did it. Some of the asides in your article made me realize, gods can I be dense sometimes, that when you spoke of concerns about arcane rites in response to the invite to my Halloween party the next evening, that you possibly weren't kidding and perhaps had some genuine anxieties. I really should stress that my wife and I had planned for the Halloween party to be occult-free, no spirits other than the liquid sort. I realize I've gained a facetious reputation among students over the years, usually for little more than addressing poor Giordano Bruno's attempt to understand the world through sorcery in a history of science class. I must say, though, Bruno did have a knack for concocting ominous-looking magical symbols. It's no wonder the church made kindling out of him. Obviously, some such rumor reached you long before our first encounter in the flesh. So as soon as I finished your essay, I felt compelled to write you and set things to rights. The thaumaturgical ceremonies conducted in my home are not fearful, black-robed affairs reserved for special nights. They're actually very casual things, held Sunday mornings or the occasional Saturday if someone wants to see a football game instead. They're not geared toward any more sinister a purpose than furthering the careers of the participants. I, for one, need the boost. Consider that I teach nine credits a week, write a column for the town paper, and complete a new book every two years. Do you really think I could do all that without outside help? A few faculty members take part, as well as one freelance writer from town who needs to combat his day-job brain drain. Sometimes writers or artists from out of town make guest appearances. It's all quite open and friendly. No one dresses up. T-shirts and sweats, in fact, are perfectly acceptable attire. Of course, there has to be a sacrifice. Our ideal choice is one of those horribly misguided individuals, sadly almost always apparent, who goes to the school board wanting to ban this book or that book, or goes whining to town council to cancel Halloween as a satanic holiday. Unfortunately for the world, but good for us, there seems to be no shortage of them, though we've done our best, I swear. And if we can't get our hands on an adult, one of their children will do the trick. These sorts of genes don't need to spread. The sacrifice doesn't need to be conscious, but he or she does need to be alive, so that each of us can take a small bite of their still-beating heart. 
Making the proper cuts to remove a heart this way is frankly rather tricky, though we've all gotten well-practiced. Of course we have to pass a chalice around, a coffee cup will do, really, for that token chaser of blood. Then we summon the outer-dimensional persona. That's the politically correct term these entities seem to prefer nowadays. Now, at this point, you might experience some of that anxiety you discussed in your essay, but there is no need to worry. We've drawn the right symbols and circles so that the persona, our favorite as a fellow with a pleasantly dry wit named Mephisto, can't do anything other than talk. Once we see his, its, gender is never clear with these things. Disembodied head hovering over the remains of the sacrifice, we pepper him with questions about the status of his labors with regard to our projects. In the ears of which editors or agents has he whispered? What bargains has he struck? Did he give an appropriate nightmare to the woman who wrote that rude rejection, etc.? After we get our update, he heads back to New York. Really, that's it. He, it, takes most of the sacrifice for sustenance until next weekend. We knock on my study door so my wife knows we're done, and she'll usually bring in something like sweet rolls and hot chocolate, so we dig into those while we sit around talking shop. What's left over of the sacrifice we give to the new puppies, who love their weekend meal. It's usually cooked a bit, as a result of the persona's presence. Of course, the cat doesn't want to be left out, but her teeth have gone bad, so she just gets a little saucer of blood. You're probably wondering why the authorities have never barged in on us. Well, as a condition of his arrangement, Mephisto, or whichever persona we happen to dial up, erases the memory of the sacrifice from the minds of everyone who ever knew them, except for us. So if no one remembers their existence, no one misses them. And we've managed to improve the gene pool a tad in the process. Of course, if there's a lot of physical evidence left behind, like, say, wedding albums or newspaper articles, the entity will have to work a bit harder to make sure everyone's curiosity is sufficiently dulled. But overall, it's a very efficient system. I'm not sure how close the lot of us has gotten to achieving our ultimate goals, but these weekend get-togethers do seem to help. You're certainly welcome to come by this weekend, or any weekend of your choosing, there's no hurry and join in. Perhaps we could help you to produce more wonderful essays like the one I just read. Or maybe there are some solidly grounded fears. I heard rumors of a troublesome ex-husband that we can help put to rest for good. I hope all of this helps to reassure you. Your obedient servant, Milko. From Giles Milko, gjmilko at va.fairlay.edu to science faculty at fairlay.edu, English faculty at fairlay.edu, Ligati at morbid.net. Subject, apology. Date, Monday, November 11th, 2003, 748 and 3 seconds, 0600. Xmailer, internet mail service, 4.4.1545.48. To all, my sincerest apologies. Miss Statsworth seemed like an intelligent, inquisitive woman who would understand the benefits of our arrangement. How could I have predicted she would interpret my explanatory email as a joke? I promise to be more careful in screening new members henceforth. I'm still not precisely a master of this new email system, so if you receive this message in error and have not a clue to whom I'm referring, well, just take comfort in that things are exactly as they should be. <laughs> All best, Milko.
This has been a Podcastle Miniature. An invitation via email was written by Mike Allen and was originally published in Weird Tales 350. Mr. Allen lives in Roanoke, Virginia with his wife Anita, a demonic cat, a comical dog, and two sweetly psychotic kittens. For ten years he's been the editor of the poetry journal Mythic Delirium, and he's finishing putting together the third Clockwork Phoenix anthology. He has new work appearing in the anthology Sky Whales and Other Wonders and Cthulhu's Reign. His excellent story, The Button Bin, was a finalist for the 2008 Nebula Awards. Check it out over at Pseudopod. The story was narrated for you by James Tremarco, who lives in New York City and splits his time between writing, design, and music. For example, he designed the latest issue of the Fifth Estate magazine, a journal of anti-authoritarian ideas and action. The current issue is devoted to Ursula K. Le Guin. You can find it on the web at www.fifthstate.org. You can find James Tremarco at www.jamestremarco.com. <laughs>